that I haven't kept myself busy playing a lot of games uh, guiltily as uh, we'll, we'll lead into with uh, this latest episode topic as we'll be doing a future topic this time around. Uh, but I, I want to say that I've been just, you know, kind of eating, eating some comfort food media wise, so to speak, uh, and just watching a lot of stuff. Um, but something's been living rent free in my head for God knows how long. And I, I really just want to take the smallest opportunity just to just to shine some quick light on it. Sure, shine uh, away. So, have you uh, heard and watched uh, RoboDoc? RoboDoc? No, I know of several Robo things, but no, I have not. So, RoboDoc is the documentary on the uh, making and uh, basically the behind-the-scenes commentary and look at RoboCop. Okay, so it's actually kind of what I thought it was. Okay, I, I thought maybe it's just... <laughs> I just thought it was a poorly, poorly named, you know, robot game or some sort. But yeah, RoboDoc, yeah, that's exactly what I well, thought. Well, no, it was and okay. you know, it's funny, too, is in speaking of games, I and I feel like it's kind of fallen under a lot of people's radar, but, like, it's it's getting, like, random it's, uh, water it's cooler very, moments. It's also very polarizing because I do hear people saying, I know what you're going to talk about, but I've, I've heard like some people say it's great. Some people have heard it's ass. It's just I, I've heard different parts of the spectrum when it comes to it. Well, like. And then and, and, and we're talking about the Robocop game, I assume. Yes. Okay. But like and funny enough of all like and, and this isn't like new territory for Robocop because I feel like there's been like what three first person shooters. Because there's one, like, from the sixth generation for, like, PlayStation 2 and Xbox. Um, but I feel like there was kind of one in the 360 era that also kind of, you know, was mm. very hot and cold. But, like, yeah, this newest one, it's, it's just so weird for me, especially... I, and this is, like, not just me as of now in, like, the hindsight or retrospective, like, outlook on RoboCop. Just as a kid. Just the clopping, the fucking, like, this dude moving mm. as slow as he can. My my personal headcanon is that it takes fucking, like, 45 minutes for RoboCop just to make a left turn, and, like, to and, go it. And playing the game, I can say with all certainty, that's exactly how it works. He is the tankiest thing. Really? Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I, I played just the demo. Like, I, I got, like, kind of like a early access demo kind of thing before it came out. Okay. Um, which it was under in like an NDA, so I couldn't talk about it then. But now that it's mm. out, you know, all good. Uh, it was a brief demo. It was just like the first level. But I will say, to its credit, um, if you expect Robocop to do anything that is not a Robocop thing, like you're you're going to be very disappointed. Like it, it, like they they nail a lot of the things that you would expect Robocop to do if you were physically in that space, <laughs> um, for better or for worse. Like it is exactly what you would expect. Okay, good. Um, and, but the only thing I will say is he is a bullet sponge. Like, I don't think you can actually really die in that game. And also, that... um, the sound design is amazing. 
they got every sound, every like voice snippet, everything that you would think of from the movies, they got into the game. The, the sound designers need a raise. Like it, they did a fantastic job on, on that aspect of it. Well, and again, like that's, I'm so honestly, as like in any other circumstance, in any other context, you'd be like, uh-huh. oh, weird. But and, that's and, what and, I want. And, and also, if you were playing a game, if it was anything but Robocop, you'd be like, this is terrible. This sucks. The controls are terrible, but it's Robocop. Like, it's supposed to be bad. Like, I mean, it's kind of like, okay, so and you've been playing some Wanted, Wanted Dead, and it's one of those games where it's like, this is, is this actually just bad? Or is this like bad because this is what it used to be? Oh, it's that schlocky, dude. You gotta gotta get some of that that schlocky, like B movie ass, right? Like, that and and it, it, you're just embracing it at this point. Like to anyone that thinks it should be this polished triple A, you know, like amazing graphics, amazing tight, fluid gameplay, you're not gonna get that. But these kind of are like homages to those janky B forty dollar games. And it's like, it's almost like it's, it's, it's enduring in a way. And you almost have to be like, I appreciate that they actually put more, it actually would have taken more, less effort for them to make it a better polished game. They actually had to try <laughs> hard to make it kind of bad. So in that case, it, like it's, it, it works and it's just very strange, but we are kind of embracing a jankiness to it, you know, like it's kind of like its own difficulty, I guess. I, I can get behind that. I can yeah. get behind that in a heartbeat and sure. just, like I said, I want the the physics or the comprehension of the physics of imagining or or even executing a jump where RoboCop's both of RoboCop's feet can yeah you're, leap you're, off of the ground. I I, I I would be so pissed. I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> he doesn't jump in the movies, does he? Uh, like very. I don't know. That's the whole thing with the first one. It was all practical effects, and that's the thing with RoboDoc. And the thing that like I kind of want to mention is one. It's been making the rounds, but like this one scene, uh, has just been living rent free in my head of like how, like at, at some point, I can only imagine, like, but everybody was sick of Peter Weller's shit. Like, so sick of, and like, I, you know, I, I think at some point they kind of did their best because he's the one in this fucking ridiculous yes, ass suit. He's, he's not going to be easy to deal with. No, but like, like near the end of the movie, the steel mill scene, um, where he's, uh, just getting ready for that, that explosion that takes place on the scaffolding. Mm-hmm. Apparently there was a grip up there, uh, <laughs> that was just, just chilling, just making sure he's preparing fucking Robocop's gun. And he's just like, it's loaded. Like, so just so you know, and he had like a stack of Oreos. And he's just eating them. He had like he, he he was recounting maybe I had like eight nine Oreos, uh, like you do. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, and then basically as he's eating them, Peter Weller just looks at him, just like Robo wants an Oreo. And then, wow, so is, the, is so so is Peter is he like a method acting right now? Is he like he, I, I I don't break character until the DVD commentary. No, but like it became this whole thing because fucking the grip who like just outright said I'm like Randy Moore. He's part. I don't know if he was more than a grip. I think he was also like he worked on hand with the special effects and and practical mm-hmm. effects. Um, but he just looked at him and, <laughs> and they were they were just doing these talking head interviews discussing uh that moment and he's just like, no, Peter. If Peter wants an Oreo, 
Peter can get an Oreo, but it's just you and me up here. Yeah. So Robo don't get an Oreo. But nope. if Peter wants an Oreo. And then apparently, like, dude just fucking, like, made a scene. Uh, <laughs> he refused to take the gun. And then he just, like, leaned over the railing. And he just started demanding, Robo wants an Oreo. To the point where, like, even the director was just like, hey, uh, if, if you're up there with Peter, can, can, can you give him an Oreo? And apparently, like, Randy just decided to take it to a next level of petty. And he just starts fucking, he, st- he stuffs the entire stack of Oreos in his mouth and, like, open mouth fucking chews him like a horse where, like, oh, just Oreo bits cold, are falling out over the blooded Yeah. And then, no, but it's funny because he's telling the story, Randy Moore is, mm-hmm. and then at some point, the talking head then exchanges back over to Peter Weller and just like, I don't fucking know what the fuck he's talking about <laughs> fucking Randy and his fucking Oreos it was, and the eight, it was the 80s I was completely fucked up you know what I had to take just to be in that suit bro but like the entire documentary is just like that it is I, it is a li- like you you would think that it is the most doc now ass like production like just with the attention of like the absolute like com- like I don't, I don't know. Like, it, in any other circumstance, the mockumentary of, like, that unaware, self-aware, ironic, like, very acerbic, dry nonsense of, of you know, the fact that they are right. discussing or otherwise working directly with the audience. And, like, you know, the shit that you see with, like, Office, what we do in the shadows, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but th- in documentary now, right. this is it's a not legitimate sa- documentary. And, and, not, and not satire at all. No. Yeah, yeah. So I I highly recommend it. Uh, it it's definitely given me the gas and the haws and it's a genuinely interesting. And um, now that I know what the name is, it's like wow, this is actually a thing they made. Okay. Yeah. Robo. But I I have not gotten around to playing the game though. But I I will say that I just the documentary coming out as of recent uh as of late definitely mm. has uh kind of given me a like you know kind of lit a small fire to my ass to check it out but that's the thing there's too much shit to play we're getting a robocop so, resurgence now in 2023 that's awesome uh which is way more than i can say for the year that the fucking reboot dropped most people forget that that reboot dropped holy like they, they, it's shit. like a mandela holy fuck dude like i had this like glass shattering moment when you said that like <laughs> in case of emergency break glass but it's like we are keeping it sealed away for a reason like i forgot that was a thing ah now now i remember it was bad, dude. It was bad. It was so bad. It, Con, Con, I, Colin Farrell? Is that? Am I Colin Farrell? I think. Or no, like no, no, no. No? Yes. No, I remember because uh, it was the same year that the Blade Runner remake also came out. Oh, well, we With... know we know who did better in that year. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Yeah, dude. Uh, well, speaking of not having such a hot year uh, well, fiscally uh, and emotionally, spiritually, mm-hmm. like just all the vibes. Um, we are going to, it, it's going to be a bummer town episode, but we're going to, you know, uh, try to have a candid, respectful conversation and kind of, I don't know, at, at this point, uh, you're going to hear the words unionization a lot. You're going to hear the word human right, the term human rights a lot, workers rights. Right. Um, and I, you know, at this point. I, you know, well, we'll get to it. I'm just, I'm also just 
my blood's kind of boiling too with um fucking the game awards just being around the corner and some of the nonsense that's already kind of falling snowballing downhill yeah uh with that so <laughs> i you know I, it, it'll be a fun show folks i, I promise <laughs> bitterness will be had but it's probably deserved and warranted Well, anyway, uh, Press Pause Radio, episode 149. Uh, your host, we're going to keep it like nice little quickie. It's just uh, Andrew and I. Yep. We are, um, at this point, I don't really have any holiday plans. Uh, my, my holiday plans at this point kind of consist of uh, putting putting away more work, toil, and trouble at the uh, day job and mm. uh, publishing some, some videos and some reviews. Um, Gonna try to get in the swing of realizing that we can now regularly stream again. Um, mm-hmm. So, Harfest. Um, my Saturn crashed on me last night, though, because it oh, did it? Oh no. Uh, well, it just made me realize because I I don't think I've ever played it for like more than an hour straight. Right. Uh, and I was getting so close to the end of that fucking game. Uh, and yeah. Um, so I I ordered a new power supply unit to be thrown in because it, it was my uh ode phoebe uh saturn so you know some of them some of them capacitors may have uh may have finally hit their limit it's working fine now but like it it was it was feeling pretty hot pretty mm-hmm. toasty um but yeah no uh i'll have to come up with some more games to stream uh, i'm just waiting on a couple more cables to arrive because i finally got my 4K HDR uh, Elgato unit and um, kind of uh, testing the waters for getting a USB-C connection, getting that 4 gigabyte data stream per second. Make sure I can get get all them bits, get mm-hmm. get all them nits, uh, every 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 pore, every fucking wet, <laughs> slimy detail. That that's just the age oh, of HDR now. Everything's wet. I'm not, but I'm, but still, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah, um, I I think it works well for some games versus others. The one thing that um, I'm not really a fan of when it comes to that I I still have to like kind of acclimate myself to with uh, HDR displays is at any point that there is a static black on screen is everything it just looks like your TV screen's covered in sand. Hmm. Um, that grain. I haven't noticed that. Well, I only have, yeah, I have HDR. Hmm. I don't know. I, I, I it might just that. be my settings. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but oh. it's also quickly learning like which, um, which studios can and can't do HDR. Uh, mm-hmm. Square, Square c- fucking cannot. It like they, the, the HDR to them is just literally everything is just set. Like like the lighting is just set to uh on fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like surface of the sun. 
like I I played like recent examples that I did not do well. Um, Crisis Core Reunion, Forspoken, Strangers of Paradise. A- every single one of them are terrible with mm-hmm. the uh, HDR settings. Like you, you, if you, I think Forspoken was probably the most tolerable, uh, and I and I did it at the lowest setting, which is just I don't know. Every, everything's just a game of margins at this point. So I don't even know what the fuck I'm trying to enhance or improve anyway. Have you seen those comparison shots for Last of Us Part 2? Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of, yeah, I was already like, yeah, that makes sense. I, you know, I, I we, we get some uh, lint uh, now. Again, again, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah, and, and you know, that's going to be a topic for another episode okay. later down the line. Kind, 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 kind of a hot topic as well. <laughs> yeah, I... We're we're hitting the ceiling at this point, and I think the sooner we accept that, the sooner that like I don't know. You might want to talk mo- to. We might need to get James on that one. I just had a conversation with him today about The Last of Us Two, and he was like, "Just call it like Game of the Year edition or something. Like call it something else. Like why are we still doing this remastered thing? It just doesn't make any sense at all." Like he he was pretty salty about it. I. It's just it's so marginal. It's so like yes. I don't, I don't in, 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 in terms of like graphically, but from what you were telling me with some of the features they're adding, I mean, oh yeah, uh, no, content uh, wise, uh, uh, yeah, I'll be glad to get some of that content, but yeah, not in the, you know, not disguised as a like fully like revamped version of the game. It's yeah, not. no, at <laughs> this point, it's Last of Us Part Two. They showered edition, like that. That's the best I can tell. <laughs> so, yeah, they cleaned um, up edition. Uh, so how goes it with you, man? I know you know okay. me with with my Robo Doc, you with your. <sighs> yeah, the family stuff and uh, the holidays are different for me, you know, because of school things and programs. And, you know, we had to, like, try to figure out how to make a Thanksgiving themed costume or outfit for my youngest to wear to school because, you know, she's in first grade. So she does like, you know, cute stuff like that. But it's like when you're the parent having to, like, rush around and get that stuff uh, Sunday night before, you know, school and everything, it's it's a different kind of stress. Like, you know, the work stuff and the, the daily living stuff, that stress I've kind of come to terms with. This new stress of, like, dealing with, like, school nonsense is not not good, man. Like, you know, these kids need to, like, just get it figured out already because <laughs> we, we are fighting their battles for them, and it's it's a difficult battle. Well, I you know... I I can never speak to or otherwise emphasize to it. I I can only really just speak from my personal experience of me being a being a child boy, yeah. Man. <laughs> but yeah, um, the stress of Sunday evening being like, oh, I gotta do this book report. Can you help me? <laughs> yeah, just just fucking find the nearest goosebumps, kind of just skim like the first uh-huh. couple of chapters, and then make the rest of it up as you go, like on the back, and then there you go, scholastic report done. Yep. Um. No, dude, I, I, I think at this point, I, I don't, I don't know. First grade is still pretty young, Very, but at yeah. some point, I, I think you will start to reap the benefits of, uh, depending on when you feel comfortable, uh, your kids like kind of utilizing the internet. But like, I mm, at the same time, mm. I'm like, I. It, it's one of those, like, man, I would really love to expose my children to the conveniences of self-development and resource, yeah. uh, like, resourcefulness on the internet, but at the and same time, like, like, oh, no, yeah, <laughs> predators. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, we're we're at that stage still. They love playing Minecraft, which I I support. I give them time to play Minecraft, you know, on a regular basis. But it's under the strict rules that they will not go online unless I am supervising it. And when they do go online, it's only to play with one other person, and that's each other. They <laughs> they play Minecraft on their switches. They're online playing on their server, but it's only them, and that's it. So like I it, my youngest plays on my switch, so I'll see like you know friends pop up and and go online. And it's mm-hmm. like that's that's not me, y'all. That's if you see anyone playing Minecraft on my Switch account, that's not me. <laughs> that's, that, that's one of the good things. That is kids. me being a father. Yeah, <laughs> and, and we have to monitor the crap out of it because they they learn the mechanics of that game and all the ins and outs of it very quickly. No matter if they've even played games before, it's a very easy thing to pick up. Well, and play. I you know, and also the again, and forgive me as far as the. The social aspect of Minecraft, I, huh. I still believe, is pretty limited. But depending on the various worlds that you can visit or fall into, like I, I don't know, I might be confusing Roblox with. I'm f- fairly certain I'm confusing Roblox with Minecraft. But I feel like there, you just take two right turns, and then suddenly 9/11 conspiracy. And well, <laughs> I, I was gonna say, like, if you're in Minecraft, you're like, oh, I'm gonna join this person's server. It seems like it's fun. And you turn around, and there's some big manifesto. They have type. Oh no. Oh no no. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, we gotta, we gotta get out of here. <laughs> then you have to explain what a manifesto is, and it's yes. just yeah, yeah. They're usually not good. <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Well, I, I believe, I don't know, man. I, I'm kind of hoping that can, can, everything else kind of slows well, down a bit. And I know we're, we're gonna have a topic, but do you want to like briefly just talk about like maybe like a game you've been playing or something you've been playing just to kind of. Absolutely, because like yeah, right, cause I, cause I, I, I I do have one. I'm gonna bring to the table, but um, yeah, I yeah, dude, I'm I'm fine briefly. with that because okay. like yeah, no, I so as far as the feature topic for yeah, you know, this week's episode, we haven't really like dissected it or or just been direct with it. Uh, we're gonna talk about just the recent, and we say recent, just up to this point, year to date, mm-hmm. uh, layoffs within the video game industry, and just kind of like. At at this point, when when is enough going to be enough? Uh, as far as for expectation, as far as for uh, the you know perspective, quote unquote penetration that uh, corporate uh, games industry is looking for in order to sustain uh, current workforces or work resources and and just make it to the point where it's a sustainable living. It is it is a industry that burgeoning new talent can like successfully like thrive and prosper in because it's not looking so hot and like especially the fact that this year i I believe the industry in and of itself across all spectrums of video games have seen like record profits so we'll we'll go into the nitty-gritty kind of you know divulge our resources give her two cents on the matter and and whatnot especially as uh, individuals who've always worked from the outside looking in, considering the fact that like we we have day jobs, we're not we're we're not industry vets, retired vets in any way, shape, or form. But this is with each and every year, it's been a less appealing goal. It's been a less appealing um, incentive to kind of uh, work towards. But anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, and then news, maybe going to talk about some of the other more pleasant things. And yeah, I, I have a few games I've been playing. So by cool. all means, dude, let, let's start off actually with that. And then we can yeah. lean in from news to topic. What, 
I like what, it. What is it that you'd like to share? Well, I just wanted to say that we we're talking about my children playing games. Uh, I went out, uh, we're recording this on Sunday. I went out on Friday and picked up the Bluey game. So oh. <laughs> for, for anyone who maybe has children that watch this show, or you may just watch it and you may not have children. It's a fantastic show regardless. It is a amazing show, teaches good life lessons. It's, uh, I don't know, it, it's very, very well done. And I don't know, I actually went out buying the game, not even knowing if my kids wanted to play it or not. I just knew I was going to buy it and (laughs) I would be able to use my kids as a patsy. Like, well, I'm just buying it for my kids. You know how these kids are with Bluey. But like, I was going to buy the game regardless. Sad thing is, is that I knew the game wasn't going to be good. I I already knew it was going to be, it's made by the same people that basically make the like Paw Patrol games and they made the Peppa Pig games. They're just kind of like, a little bit better than shovelware, but it just takes the intellectual properties that kids love and kind of just like copies and pastes it into a game and then slaps like really bad textures on top of it, like to interact with. So that's what we got in this game. We just played it the last two days. We played it a little bit last night, played it some today and we technically like beat the game in maybe like oh. an hour, 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 15 minutes maybe because there's only like five missions you'll play through. Uh-huh. And then, and then you kind of like completed the objectives, but then you Where's have the to DLC though, Andrew? and not not yet. But if it's coming, I'll buy it. <laughs> I, I I know I know I'm going to buy it, but like I knew the game wasn't going to be good, and I was like, yeah, this is not great. It controls pretty bad. The and it, like 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 to actually like interact with things is kind of a struggle. Like like the hit detection and things like that just aren't there. Uh, the textures look bad. It, it, you know, like so, like when you have like a cartoon. Wait, that so plays it doesn't in, even is so. If I may, is it yeah. not rendered in the style of the show as far as the animation style, or does it have that weird like uh, that that okay, so, so, so PlayStation example, Two era licensing where everything's like this bubble plastic looking CG? No. Approach. So what it is is that it looks like the cartoon. So like you know you play the South Park video games, right? How like the game looks like the show. Okay, yes. do that, but then imagine that anytime there's something you have to interact with in the game, mm-hmm. it's like a very low res, kind of pixelated, not greatly designed, like interactive piece of, like the, it, of the game. May I ask what platform did you buy it for? On the Switch. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I and I've been noticing because funny I, enough, but I, I would venture it looks the same on all the other systems. I would have to venture a guess. I don't but, know, man. Uh, I don't maybe. Like, okay. I it just I've been seeing a lot of like. They're, they're like a lot of the third party stuff lately is just developers at this point are no longer. I, okay, that sounds really hacky to say, so forgive me, but I am getting the impression, and I believe uh-huh. I, I have the right to say that. Uh-huh. The impression I've been given as of late from third party releases on the Switch, the effort is just not being put in to optimize it for that's the Switch. That's possible, Be- and that's, that's very possible, yeah. I, I, because I, I, I will say that, uh, Sonic Superstars, uh-huh. It oh dude, it looks like pixel shit. It mm-hmm. it just it looks like if I am scaling my like you okay, best example. Uh to the point where like say you have your Xbox three sixty and you throw in an original Xbox game that was uh compatible, uh upscaled to ten eighty P uh with like say on your Jasper unit, and like the forced scaling with absolutely no integer work, no like shimmering galore fucking screen tear. Like there's absolutely no optimization to scale something working from such a low resolution. 
I feel like it's the exact inverse effect where they'll develop for like PlayStation 5 or or Series X or whatever, like the PC. And then for the Switch, they're just going to downscale like a existing assets but like okay. it it none of it's clean it's not developed in mind or for and right. it's done it's just not optimized it it good. looks like shit yeah cuz i mean the actual like character designs look good but then when their mouths have to move it looks kind of rough and then like say like in the game you unlock hats mm-hmm. and when you put on the hat it looks like a very bad like photoshop of a hat being placed on a character is it exclusive for the switch or does it have no we just end up doing it on switch because we have more controllers for the Switch, and we were going to play you. co-op, so we just decided to get it on there. I, I challenge yeah. you. In fact, I'd be fine to throw in, like, a show note link. Okay. I'm very curious to see if I can find, like, a trailer for it on any other platform aside from the Switch. Some, like some gameplay, maybe. Yeah, I mean, yes. I, I might even venture out and try to, like, maybe, like, get a copy, because like, you know how I am about our libraries, everyone. Like, go to your library. You can probably get all the new games as soon as they come out at your local library, I would definitely recommend it. Um, I would probably go to mine and see if they have a version on other console and, and compare. No, dude, it's just because it, I will not buy another copy. That's not happening. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but like I, I will try to secure one if I can. I, I dude, honestly, just within this last uh, this last quarter, mm-hmm. um, I'm looking at AEW Fight Forever. I'm looking at yeah. Mortal Kombat One, dude. Mortal Kombat oh, One, wow, is. Just- Johnny Cage looks rough. Yeah, dude. Not <laughs> the, the 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 rigs, all of them. They they did not get like a another pass through. Like that was just mm. very much like it's on the switch. It'll sell. Like that's yeah. the vibe. Cuz yeah. like and I and I feel like that's even more the case because when you play first party stuff right now as of late, it is gorgeous. It is very much like playing to the strengths. Like, you know, I I talked about it on the first uh, Harfest stream with Wonder like, Wonder is one of the most gorgeous games that released this year, and it's on the Switch. But, like, there was there was a very acute attention to detail around where and how it can really give that sense of vibrance, that pop. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I, I can only imagine how it looks even more so on the OLED model. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I'm very confident. It is super okay. just... Because it's on the switch. On the switch. Okay. All right. Yeah. I will. We will look into that further, and we'll see. We'll come back on on an episode here, and, and we'll touch back on it. Um. But other than Bluey, anything uh, else? Yeah. Uh, the other one I was going to mention, and it's a it's a Game Pass game. Uh, it's also available on PC. I don't know about PS Five. Mm-hmm. Um. But I know it's on PC and it's on uh, Xbox. Uh. It's a Don't Nod game called. I'm probably going to butcher it, but I think it's Jusant. J U S A N T. I saw that. Um, yeah, it's it, it it's nice. It was kind of like we've been talking about just kind of like these like comfort food games where you kind of just like play and enjoy it and there's not mm-hmm. a lot of stress and it's just yeah, it's just like like a nice warm blanket you get to, you know, kind of interact with. Uh that's what this game was. I played it over the course of a few nights and okay. it, it was it was a joy. It really was. It was I mean, the concept is the 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 story kind of tells or the the world that you're kind of in kind of tells the story. Mm-hmm. So the the gameplay mechanics are you're climbing up this mountain and it uses um kind of weird kind kind of strange uh comparison did you play the astro game on ps5 the the packing game a little bit yeah it which to me just kind of feels like um like a gauntlet 
uh, just just a gauntlet level, like that kind of reminded me of all the bonus levels from Super Mario Sunshine. Like, let's just use various platforming obstacles right. and mechanics. Yeah. So there's one in particular where you're like in this kind of like monkey suit, and and you jump up and you grab on these like little like rock like like almost like you're rock climbing these ledges, and you kind of like swing from like ledge to ledge. You use your left bumper for left hand, right bumper for right hand, and you kind of just like shimmy up by grabbing on these things. You know. Oh man. You and know then, what and that and reminds me of? You do kind of like a jump to like get to higher elevated areas. And, and stuff uh, like let that. me guess. And if you're in order to jump to higher areas, you got to like hold down both triggers to kind of propel forward. Kinda. Like you'll have to, um, you have to look up and then yeah, kind of like like hold down for a bit and then release. Mm-hmm. And all all the while, you're still like you're you're like, um, kind of hooked into the into the wall. Like you'll hook in, like mm-hmm. you are rock climbing. And then as you go further up, you can kind of like add little like hooks that kind of like extend your like so if you fall you're not going to fall all the way down to your actual like first hook in you'll have right. a few that you've kind of established to kind of keep your progress but you do run out of ropes you can't go too far without getting like you know to a place where you can like get your rope back um you use the environments like like the wind you'll use to your advantage sometimes to like jump and get to higher platforms there's environmental things that can kind of prevent you from getting from spot to spot uh, but you're saying so it's very much like what? Uh, the Donkey Kong game on Game Boy Advance and DS, the King of Swing games, where mm. it moves and that that that's how traversal is all very much uh, vertical, okay. and it's very much using the shoulder buttons and okay. where left. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's really only like the the, the mechanics that are in the game. That's all that's really involved. But it's just like mm-hmm. getting to a point by the time you get through the game to like. Where you've gotten it down to a T, like you know how to kind of finesse those controls to like pinpoint accuracy, and, and you know like the you know the physics of like swinging a rope just the right way to get to another area. Like by the end of that game, you feel like you could actually go climb a mountain. I wouldn't recommend it, but you feel like you could probably figure it out because you've just done so much of this like traversing. And and as you're playing through the game, the story is being told by like letters that you're finding in the world by, you know, things that were left behind. So you're very much, like, finding out what happened here as you're trying to progress up. Mm-hmm. And, and and there's no, like, voice dialogue at all. So it's all implied through the letters you'll find, the story that you're telling through the world, and just facial features of, like, the your, your character, the protagonist, um, you know, just trying to figure out what's going on. And, um, I don't know, I got these weird, like, Ico kind of vibes when I was playing it, for sure. And, um... I don't know. It, it was really a joy to play, and I would love to go back and play more. Um, I unlocked quite a few things in my initial playthrough, but you can go back to each chapter and try to get the unlocks that you missed. Um, but I'd say it's a fairly short game. I'd say five hours should probably get you, you know, there and back, like a five or six hour game through you know, gameplay. Um, at least in my experience, like kind of broken up uh, through a couple of sessions. But I, I enjoyed it. I think it's like twenty bucks retail, something around there. Um, okay. It, it it was fun. It wasn't too challenging. It had spots where I was like, kind of like, ugh, I can't get this jump right. But you know, a, a little, a little, you know, effort, and and I got through it pretty well. So, uh, you know, it's, and funny enough, I like, I feel like I, uh, reviewed a game that kind of reminded me of that, and I'm trying to remember the fucking name of it, and it's driving me insane. Ooh. Um, but it's uh, instead of climbing or just ascending 
a mountain. Uh, you are sailing, uh, and it's just this plat. Like it, it's a very slow moving game, though. And like it's not Sea of Solitude because that's the one everybody it it I, it came before Sea of Solitude, and it very much reminds me of Wind Waker, like the sailing. Um, and moving, except it feels very aimless and it's not great. And I know I reviewed it for the site and it's going to kill me to like, forget about, or like, just not remember it. Uh, but it'll come to me at some point. Um, but, uh, as far as a game that, that's kind of sunk its hooks into me that I've also was planning to like do a impromptu review of, uh, cause I, I have a bunch of little reviews that I'm trying to publish. Uh, I just recently did bomb rush cyberfunk which uh definitely definitely grab that game if you are a fan of jet grind at all if you like were as disappointed with jet set radio as i was and most every other fucking kid in the early aughts when like you probably bought an xbox just for it just because you're just like this is the closest thing i have to dreamcast 2 fuck it um then uh, let me assure you uh, Bomb Rush Cyberfunk will absolutely scratch that itch and then some, uh, and it does a really fucking good job. And uh, I, I go into some pretty lengthy details, but needless to say, it's one of my personal like fucking grab it. And I'll, I'll definitely go into more detail when we do Golden Zonkeys. Um, but a game that I've been playing that just kind of uh, came across my feeds, and everybody was just like, "This fucking like." it just sunk its hooks into me. Uh, and it did the same for me is uh, void stranger. Hmm. I, have you, it's on steam. Okay. It is, it is a very trippy game, uh, but it is. Ooh. So it, it's interesting. It's, it's got like a Sokoban element to it, except the Sokoban element is uh, platforming versus pushing. I mean, there, there are boxes to push and stuff, but really, uh, what you're trying to do is just get through each floor, which is a puzzle, and uh, you have these limitations as far as the tiles that you can move forward in a uh, upward, downward, or left or right direction. Uh, it is overhead, uh, overhead perspective, top view, 2D game. You cannot, basically, with it, in any direction you push, you move the character in that direction. So you cannot uh, basically change direction in place. Mm -hmm. So you have to work within a limited space to kind of navigate. You are able, you, you get very, at the very start of the game, a staff that allows you to essentially swipe uh, a tile. But later you find out it can be really any object, uh, including the exit. So the exit yeah. will just be stairs that will just go down. You can swipe it. Um and you can place it anywhere you can, but you have to do it within a... T so everything is in a grid-based tile system. Mm -hmm. uh, so what you will swipe will be the tile directly in front of you. So if you wish, for example, to um, be able to swipe a tile in front of you, then you have to be able to approach it within a pattern and trajectory that... Uh, allows you to hop forward. It's it's all basically like the movement's all hopping, uh, but you you can't just again turn in place. So you have to be able to coordinate the uh, movement, whatever cycle you're planning to do in that movement, to be able to stay right in front of the tile that you need to then swipe 
and then you can place it over a, a, a like any sort of pit or, or gap. You can create your own bridge so long as you have enough real estate to move uh, upward, downward, and around. Uh, and it gets a lot trickier because at some point the tiles uh, then become... Uh, essentially one-stop tiles. They, they, they're they represented as glass tiles that will only support your weight. Uh, once you're on it, the moment you leap off of it, it disappears, it shatters, and now like that path isn't behind you anymore to go back to if you need to. So you really have to deliberately make the uh, right movements. Um, but you could swipe those too. And every floor, almost every floor, has little hidden items, hidden treasure chests, and so on. Um, amazing, gorgeous soundtrack, uh, really weird ass story. That's very, it's told very much in media res, uh, where you're just this mysterious woman who's just going towards this, uh, dungeon, uh, grab the staff, shit goes down. Um, and then when you inevitably die, because the game does not explain anything, it's all trial and error. It's oh, all very no. much like uh. play. Yeah, dude. And like, I I will say this, and I don't want to spoil a whole lot, but it very much um, betrays what conception you may have as a player on okay. things that you can do, like things that you have the ability to swipe and rearrange. Like it's very much, um, gosh dang it. Do you, we were t- I, I, I guess do you just not find this out until later on that you are able all to through do trial things? and error. It's okay. all through trial and error, and it is it is just a very deceptive game uh, in like what you can and cannot do, or what you believe to be the quote unquote law uh, of the uh, the game in and of itself, the physics, like the the various rules in place, and just by just by experimenting with things that you believe aren't like at any point that you're stuck somewhere, right? What are you going to do? You're going to bump and grind against your, your various corridors, your walls. You're going to jump and hop and almost do something like, if not out of like this futile frustration of trying to break or, or trying to find something that you just may be missing. Right. Um, here I feel as though the game kind of rewards your efforts for doing something like that to like kind of again really get nutsy and butso with it um and you know there's one other game that it kind of reminds me of that also took that uh approach just not right away again it was very paced um and god damn it i it's it's really escaping me now i'm so sorry i i i normally don't go into an episode this half cocked uh it was a trading card game that had the creepy visual inscription uh so ah yes depending yes. on oh, how far- yeah like it's not what you it, what it seems to be right right but right. but where inscription kind of you know um lays that down for you through subtle clues mm-hmm. Or uh, just like like just some lore dumps, and then you kind of, if you're paying attention to the, if you're reading between the lines of said lore dumps, uh, you are then able to get, you're able to break the game in a way that's available or possible. Uh, Void Stranger very much behaves that way, uh, and I don't want to spoil it. It it's just being able to realize that I was able, like I said, really, excuse me, have fun with that staff. <laughs> <laughs> 
you can do so much with that goddamn staff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it has very much been a nice pleasure to play. Like I've never really seen a game just double down on its uh main hook, its main dynamic so well and and so elegantly, like I have with Void Stranger. Um, and it is also one of my personal picks for game of the year. Like there have been so many good fucking games, which only makes again, uh, the main topic at hand, all the more frustrating. Um, but absolutely. I, I, I'll tell you one thing. I definitely think that it's far more deserving of being nominated and recognized as a indie game of the year, as opposed to fucking, uh, Dave, the diver. Which, again, no, no slack on Dave the Diver. Like that is also a pretty neat fucking game. However, um, would you consider Nexon independent, my dude? I would not. Yeah, exactly. But why is it nominated it, it, for Indie so, Game of the Year? So I'll tell you the truth because I didn't know necessarily who even developed or published that game. It's kind of like when, just to kind of talk in beer snob, it's like when Anheuser-Busch makes a craft beer and they market it to be where, like, oh, this is a craft beer. Yes, it's an independent craft beer, but it's actually Anheuser-Busch. Because I thought Dave the Diver was, like, a indie indie game. I guess I didn't realize that it was, like, a bigger name behind it. I I didn't know that. Right. It is, and again, it's very contentious, Mm. uh, but... It's that whole, like, grassroots image that is being, like, just manipulated. Like, it, it, you can go, the, you can say the same thing for films. Like, they're, they're legitimate independent films that are just amazing and, like, absolutely, uh, deserve, d- deserve to, like, be recognized or acknowledged in the mainstream. And then there are movies that masquerade or uh, essentially just like give you the vibe. It's basically anything that Wes Anderson does or directs is right. the quote unquote like it, it is the mainstream interpretation of what an independent film is you know supposed to be. Even though like he's one of the most successful directors that has like a pocketbook and then some for like what he develops. Like the dude is not grassroots in and of himself. Royal Ten Bombs is not grassroots. Mr. Like the fantastic Mr. Fox, not grassroots. (laughs) So I I don't know. I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but does it still, okay. So I guess uh, it's probably a different topic altogether, but like, I guess independent game is it's, it's a developer that is independent in the sense that it doesn't have backing from like a major company. Is that kind of like right. the definition? Okay. I even then like I I think there's some there are some exceptions depending on the publisher. Like for example, uh I would say WrestleQuest is an indie game because to me Mega Cat Studios and granted like they're a fairly major publisher to some extent, but they're a niche publisher. Like dude 40% of their releases are for legacy platforms. Like their big releases are for the NES or the Sega Genesis. This is one of their, like the, the exception to their library in this case was WrestleQuest. And granted, like a lot of money and energy and Mega Cat actually developed this in house. 
They they they're normally a publisher of other smaller devs, mm-hmm. and even then, those devs still, at the, for the most part, still had to put their own money into the development and whatnot. Like they them picking up the publishing or them picking up a publishing deal with Mega Cat really just gives them an opportunity for a wider distribution. Like basically, like hey, you know, putting my shit out there on Itchio. And then not so much like feeling it in the pocketbook when I, I, I then have it published on Steam because I had this publishing party to help back and endorse the game. Right. So like in in scenarios and circumstances like that, I, I still think it can qualify as a indie game. But like, nah, man, like I'm not saying you need a fucking Kickstarter or you needed some like crowdfunding like uh like backdrop to really just give you your your indie game credentials but fucking dave the diver knows what it's doing it is like absolutely i don't i don't even want to say it knows what it's doing that that sounds a bit low it definitely it definitely kind of knows what hooks it needs to kind of like work right to, to get like you yeah for sure like i don't know man there's just it it's really difficult to say that, especially with like licensed properties. Like, would you say that the upcoming beat 'em up Toxic Crusaders is defined as an indie game? I I, I wouldn't say so. Hmm. Like that's that's tough because I I think uh, just in terms of like who's making the game though, I feel like it is. But I guess because it's because right. because a property is is behind it. But that's such a like obscure property though, you know. I know, yeah, dude. Like I said, like I don't want to split hairs, but like right, at, at some point, right. looking in the weeds, like there there are legitimate like indie darlings that really came out. But this but year. Like, and and let's be fair, this game awards really a place where we need to celebrate independent games. I mean, no, but like. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I don't know. Like for that, like absolutely, come GDC, like the the IGFs are are far more credible in sure. recognize and like also like showcasing stuff that yeah wouldn't even fucking make a blip on Keeley's radar. But still, like it's at some point if he's gonna try to like really argue the point like i I don't know like some Mm -hmm. of these categories they can they can all be like a bit straight like some of them just kind of don't make the best sense to me but that one was the most egregious to me that was the one i was just like bro um but anyway Mm. yeah no void stranger uh definitely recommend it It uh i'll check out bluey but uh no i'm very (laughs) i i'm I, I just want to see how it looks. I know, but even for people that like like Bluey, it's still not a good game. But I did the same thing with Peppa Pig. I got that shit day one. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's just nice to be excited for a game release. Like, my kids are excited about a game coming out. It just kind of makes me then more excited about a game release. So, I don't know. It's nice. Yeah, I, I grabbed Super Mario RPG, and I really, Ooh. really want to get that ready for arcade. Uh, I do want to um, play that, yeah. And just... I, I have everything set up just to a point where, like, I have cables running everywhere again, but, like, I can do it. Like, I have my shit, but nothing's where it needs to be. And until everything's where it needs to be and Valve feels more comfortable being like, I can sit in this room now and not hate everything. Right, uh, right. <laughs> can't, can't really do arcade as of yet. But anyway...
news-wise, kind of uh, slim pickings. I mean, I, I, well, okay, so three things that I think we can touch on real quick, and then we can sure. definitely move on to the future topic. Um, speaking of independent and kind of, you know, doing it for yourself, uh, I, I do want to call to attention uh, the debut of uh, Aftermath. Uh, much like what we saw with a lot of the people um, leaving Giant Bomb to do Nextlander, uh, mm-hmm. uh, we have seen a lot of the folks who were laid off from Gawker, from Kotaku, uh, just go and do their own thing. Uh, and I am super stoked for it. Again, uh, the primary people being Gita Jackson, Luke Plunkett, Riley McLeod, Chris Person, uh, Nathan Grayson, uh, basically some of the folks that really made the main brunt of, <coughs> excuse me, of Kotaku's uh, work staff. And then they are working on a subscription-based model, but uh, I think the subscription-based model isn't the entire uh, means of how they publish and distribute uh, their their media content. It is uh, just kind of done as a more premium level. I mean, until the point where like they may need to lock everything within a paywall. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, they try to do a lot of cursory stuff, make it available. And then if you want access to all of it, including their podcasts or any video coverage, it is uh, essentially going to be all done through a, uh, a premium subscription model that I do not know. I believe it's all in-house too. I don't think it's uh, like set up with uh, Patreon at all, hmm. um, which is also, you know, normally. I mean, everybody at this point kind of has their. Well, I, I would say Giant Bomb still has like their inclusive they, memberships. They have a premium, yeah, yeah. But the only downside to that is if you listen to their podcast without having premium, now they just barrage you with ads. It's kind of a bummer. I mean, hey man, they got to eat. I know, like, I know, and, I, and I'm only saying that because, like, you know, I had premium for a long time, and then I couldn't really justify the cost, but I think that if they usually have their annual sale at the end of the year, I'd probably, I would say Reichert's doing enough there now, mm-hmm. and Jeff Grubb obviously being the force that he is, like, we've known for a while now what he's capable of doing. Right. Uh, and not speaking a, you know, anything less of the other ones involved there, but those are just the ones that we kind of grown to know. Uh, they They kind of taken what and, and this is from, from a giant bomb fan from a very long time ago you know i was just reminiscing about the e3 couch interviews you know from years past right i think they i think they had big shoes to fill and mm-hmm. i think they're uh, embracing like the idea of giant bomb and they're kind of making it their own right and, and i think that they're, they're they've kind of come a long way and i definitely support what they're doing currently mm-hmm. and i'll probably still throw a premium i think now that i'm starting to see they're not trying so hard to be what Giant Bomb was, but they're trying to do they're, something. They're doing that... their own thing at this point. Yes, they're yes. really optimizing like the people involved. Uh, like Mike, and, especially and I'm on board for it. You know, for sure. Yeah, dude. Like Mike Minotti also like getting involved as well, mm-hmm. uh, and just Grub and Reichert and Jan. Um, yeah, yeah. I you know. <laughs> I will say that there are some folks that I wish were were still a part of the fold, but I I'm just happy that like there is a there there is like a semblance of like what I appreciated out of Giant Bomb, and even then like 
again, it's giving opportunities to like Nextlander, and now we're seeing Aftermath. And Kotaku is still doing what it's doing for what it can with like the folks involved. Um, Jess, I think, is just doing her thing back with Voidburger again. So I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am, I don't know. It it is nice to see. I I mm-hmm. am I'm here for it. Um, so. Two mini consoles, one not necessarily mini console, um, came out, or one is planning to be out soon, and I believe it had like a, it it had like its beta model out, Mm -hmm. uh, and now the production model is essentially going to be the thing, but that is the... uh, Zenki Sharp 68000 Mini production model. Um, and essentially, if, you, um, if you've ever really kind of seen this, and I mean, I, I know that you and I, uh, or I'm sorry, myself, I've talked about this stupid fucking thing God knows how long. Um, it is the Rolls-Royce of 16-bit uh, hardware. Uh, it oh. is, oh yeah, like it is essentially what, um, Capcom used primarily as their development platforms, uh, for, uh, I know Final Fight, Street Fighter, like, uh, a, a bunch of their, like, CPS1 games, and they did also have versions for the, uh, X68000 that were essentially the definitive version. So, um I believe it's actually Okay, it is out. It it released actually in September. So apologies. So, no, the newest one would be the Atari, but uh they are planning to release some more compilation uh releases that are licensed like basically old. It's it's basically like the the closest analog that I can think of is the Neo Geo X that Tomy did with in conjunction with SNK where it does come packaged uh with some games and then you can purchase additional uh SD card size they're basically SD cards to plug in and play within its proprietary emulation model um but the thing that separates it it doesn't have like a mini uh you know portable variant that you can take with you like the Neo Geo Exit uh, it is very much a open source uh, deal where it, it as long as you and the companies, you know, the, the, la- the loose language, you supply the ROMs for it within however you can from a uh, quote unquote legal standpoint. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, mm-hmm. It should basically run them because it is basically the licensed uh, uh, operating software and architecture of the Sharp 68000. Um, the thing that basically makes this cool is that it was always dump truck fucking expensive to get it back in its day and it's even dump truck expensive now this is something i thought i can get relatively easily uh when i did go to japan with val and uh that turned out to be a big fat pile of shit no mm. <laughs> like even the junk models uh that i did come across were uh, easily over a grand. And even then on the secondhand market, Ooh. yeah, you're, you're going to be looking at a grand. But even then, let's just say ideally you are able to get one. 
and it is like you know you have it within your grasp and you can even there there are several different emulation options as well uh there there's even like because it it has such a niche and strong presence within like the retro gaming community uh there are re-releases and like you know booty floppies that you can get uh but some are officially licensed through beep um the thing that also makes it a pain in the ass is that unless you're using the proprietary monitor uh that came with it um <coughs> excuse me to get any proper uh visual output you are going to need a multi-sync monitor and it needs to be a damn good multi-sync monitor and even then it's not gonna always play games very well like my 20l5 uh i i could run it through a series of accessories and peripherals but because it works in a really weird 15 hertz to 32 hertz like like shit that you wouldn't even really see from a consumer set uh it may like uh, let me just put it this way the core for it on the mister uh is still like a fucking pain in the ass mm. so here it it's just like you know what fuck dealing with all that you have do you, do you have a monitor with an hdmi port cool <laughs> you can just you plug go. it in you're good yeah. uh so uh, unfortunately it while it's a couple hundred bucks and like that's super 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 kosher in comparison to the real thing um, it is already sold out. It's yeah. already going for secondhand value. So that's a bummer, but hopefully, uh, you know, seeing it's, it's already quickly kind of depleted it, its initial run. I, I hope Zuiki kind of, uh, picks up on it. I said Zenki earlier, apologies to Zuiki. Um, they, they kind of just recognize it and hopefully get, uh, another wave, uh, out of production real soon. Um, it's available on Amazon Japan, uh, but I'm sure you can probably also find some, you know, reseller listings on eBay. Uh, the other console that came out was the Atari 2600 plus, which, um, so far, uh, it's had some initial updates and, uh, while some games, uh, haven't had, um, the, uh, best performance compatibility wise, um, it is getting constant updates. In fact, the initial compatibility list that Atari came out with, um, they've sent, uh, they have since made other games compatible. Uh, it's basically some of the more intensive late generation games that use more chips than the initial, like basically they're, they're including additional hardware that, um, isn't, uh, native or already included with the Atari 2600. Uh, is going to be incompatible because a lot of it, again, it's all software emulation. Uh, but like Ed, for example, like he's running like a Retron N77. Uh, this is far more authentic and probably far more, uh, optimized for the kind of performance that he's looking for. And then here's the thing too. Uh, it can play 7,800 games. Now, the bit, I think one of the biggest issues is the fact because it can't play like the more intensive or enhanced games. That kind of cuts out a lot of the homebrew shit, which there's some amazing homebrew stuff. But at the same time, like it has a USB-C port. It, it It's being supported actively uh, by Atari. It will likely see better uh, enhancements and updates to uh, whatever software system it has for the emulation to uh, hopefully 
increase compatibility for a lot of that stuff. And again, Atari also purchased, while I understand that in that purchase, several uh, homebrew titles did fall off and are now currently in the pirate bay of, of accessibility. Uh, Atari, purchasing Atari Age and still endorsing and offering um, financial backing and an official support for continued homebrew releases... I I cannot see this not being a uh like an not not necessarily an incentive a straight up objective uh for them to you know get the shit updated with what it needs so that it can start playing some of those enhanced carts because at that point like what else is really going to sell the 2600 I mean there's only so much not like at this point the the, the 2600 plus is definitely more for the diehards because like anybody who just want has like a passing fancy they're going to stick with the at games flashback consoles with the shit built in like any other mini console but i don't know i uh, i'm curious I, I haven't really gotten uh any word on whether or not we can grab a unit for review but i'd like to review both of these units within the coming months and hopefully have, have something on the site have they already released though or is it not out yet no they're both out oh, okay yeah okay. they're they're both out Sharpone Sharp has a cool handle. I like their little handle on the top. Oh yeah, dude, dad, yeah, just nice little touch. Just like the uh the fucking actual tower, the twenty pound ass fucking Oof. PC tower. Um so uh needless to say, I've I've given up on rolling that officially into my uh setup, but you know, settling for its mini variant on the on the mini setup I have here in the back of the uh, office, I, I would fucking I would love it. I would love to do so. Ah, but anyway, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, I I guess we get to the bummer town part of the show yeah, now. Yeah, we've been kind of dreading it for as long as we can. So, uh, all right, if you were to give me a rough estimate, and again, uh, this is being sourced, and it, it, again, it could be very well outdated. I, I could possibly pull up something a little bit more relevant um, to uh, discuss, but just as of August, let's just say, which isn't too far removed, just like 60 days ago, right? Um, no, I'm sorry, 90 days ago. Apologies. So... Uh, August, what would be your immediate guess as to the overall sales and revenue uh, of the video game industry? And we're this includes software, hardware, and even like merchandising. I mean, I would say that by summertime, you're probably going to see a dip in sales because it's summertime. Mm-hmm. But assuming that they have a strong first quarter, I mean, I would say... I mean, what the revenue for video games year over year is probably what hundreds of billions of dollars, I would assume. Well, uh, as of now, 
uh, up to August, and I'll see if I can try to find a more relevant or okay. uh, current figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, up to the August, uh, in previous years, let me say this, or ask this. Do you believe 2023 has seen an increase or decrease? I mean, I would assume it's a decrease. No. It's not. It's a record-breaking increase. $187.7 billion more in revenue. Compared to what, last year? Uh, so here, as of now, it's currently, as of total, the it's projected to reach around $490.58 billion. Well, I uh, mean, th- and, and this was the year where, like, you could get a system, finally. Like, I mean, obviously, we dealt with shortage for quite a few years. And this is like the first time where like you could get a system pretty easily if you wanted it. Like I bet that was probably a big jump start to it. I mean, you would think so, right? I mean, that's yeah. gotta be it. That's gotta be the reason why Arizona. No, it's a huge. Well, it's 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 insanely huge. I'm, as I'm, po- but but I'm saying that sarcastically because I'm sure there's more to it than just that. But <laughs> analysts would probably have you think that's the only reason why the sales are going up. I mean, I think there's more to it. I I don't I know. Agree. I agree. Uh, I, just so as of what I'm reviewing here from Games Industry Biz, um, the year 2022 was actually um, a record low, uh, down five percent. The year it finished out the year with 183. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, we're already at that point plus more. Y- yes, wow. exactly. Okay. Okay. So, yet in this year, in this year alone, we have seen. A estimate of approximately 600,000, 600,000 layoffs God. across, like, developers, uh, just any any role you can think of in a development capacity, uh, marketing, just anything and everything that is, like, below the fucking uh, corporate pay grade. Mm-hmm. And I... Uh, I, I think, and, the, and again, the thing that would probably be the most, um, the most topical out of all of these, and kind of just what brought on about the the need to discuss it. I mean, Bungie is the thing that yeah. comes immediately to mind. But let's talk about Bungie real quick. Let's and let's the, yeah, because that's the one I've been struggling with. All these are bad, but the Bungie one hit pretty close to home for several reasons. And and yeah, that's that's the one that kind of stings the most out of a lot of these. So, Bungie was acquired by Sony in what year? That was last year, I believe. Yeah, and then like it was not very I, long ago. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And I remember one of the concerns is with the uh, you know. With them being purchased by Sony and and consolidated into uh, being a first party studio, is that they are going to see some potential downsizing. Um, and be, they be, were be, be, because of the acquired, like once they acquired them, they were saying that they were going to have layoffs. Well, no, th- those were no, uh, no, no. Okay, so those were concerns shared by the public. Ah, I see. Okay, okay, right, but. Um, as far as those concerns, they were immediately like put to rest by, um, I forget his name. Uh, 
the bungee head who recently came out and made the really fucking crass comments uh post the situation um where i believe and i'm trying to find out who that was right now where he had the audacity to say well we kept who mattered mm. and like bro like you like we friend to the show like since we last spoke with them they were actually in our um they were in our last of us part two mm-hmm. uh games club uh liana she was the community manager for destiny and everything bungie related and just dude some of this shit man like the moment like the layoffs hit um like a lot of the scum uh essentially was also Mm -hmm. happening um i believe like uh essentially any stocks that were vested uh essentially um with Bungie, uh, were forfeited just because at that point, uh, the time that needed to be vested in order for them to uh, lay full ownership, uh, mm. did not does not count for uh, any any termination or including layoff. And so the fact that they were merely days away from it maturing, yes, they were days away from it being to where they had some kind of stock in the company and had something to show for their work and they cut them off within days of it being matured. Uh, there cannot tell me that is not planned. You cannot tell me that is not premeditated. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. It was uh, Pete Parsons, which Jesus Christ too. Um, the, oh, dude, uh, the health coverage end of the month, uh, end of the month, uh, with absolutely no preparation or, or any sort of, because typically with most layoffs, of, especially like with severance and everything afterwards, I believe there's supposed to be like a gestation period or not a gestation period. Like like there there is a extension of like how far you can have it just to give you an opportunity. But I, like no, I, I bet these fuckers didn't even like allow them like they probably didn't offer them Cobra or anything afterwards. You know what I mean? Mm-mm. Like, holy shit. No, it, it was it was bad. Um, and I, you know, they, they weren't even in a position to where they needed to, um, to drop, to, to, Mm -hmm. uh, excise the workforce that they did. Um, but yeah, like the last time that we saw, uh, you know, a mass layoff this large, uh, was epic and 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 again another scummy move tim Mm -hmm. sweeney basically decides to dig his fucking heels in and like make his beef with apple uh a thing where uh, essentially dude just couldn't own up like it's not like he didn't have the fucking the the profits to pony up not to say that in and of itself that you know perhaps apple that like there there's some slight merit like slight merit given that it's Apple and you know, after everything they've amassed that perhaps the publishing fees are a little crude, but like that's for someone who's not in the position of Epic 
truly make that claim to stake that beef. And the fact that Tim Sweeney's like fucking limp dick having to swing for the fences and result in all that shit running downhill of his workforce fucking cutting 800 people, 800 employees because of just the amount of of income and revenue that went towards funding this fucking this legal battle which he was trying to say oh no that isn't the case but between that and just like the declining sales of Fortnite I, yeah dude i at at some point we're, we're this is going to it's just going to get worse before it gets better Like I I don't know I don't I don't know if I have any other words other than like I I, I mean I have a few um, please by all means because I'm well, at a loss at this moment well and it sucks and like I said the bungee one hurt the most because I'm a pretty devout Destiny player um you know I I've obviously had my moments where I stopped playing for a bit but I always tend to come back from time to time I always you know pick up the newest expansion I always pick up Destiny related content when it's available like I might mm. not be a consistent player week in and week out, but I still am like a destiny player and, and I support it, you know, to see someone like hippie basically get like tossed to the curb after, you know, she really spearheaded a lot of accessibility uh, within that... the games industry. And also like for your own company, like she spearheaded a lot of accessibility, uh, you know, initiatives for Bungie. And it was all fine and good when Bungie had to like, you know, show that as like a, a you know, a talking point or here's, you know, an article about oh, yeah, how good like we're doing for the optics and, and, of it. And, and it's all fine and good until, you know, and, and granted, I get it, man. Like we've all been on the chopping block before. If you're not a senior person somewhere, if you're low on the totem pole and you don't have seniority, you're the first to go. It, it sucks, but that does happen. But the fact that. You let all these people go, even though you had just started hiring again, like a couple of months prior to the layoffs, like your projections were off like poorly. Like why hire all these people when you knew that you're going to take a hit in revenue, you're going to take a hit in, you know, player dedication to your game. Like you did all this and, and, and we kind of see now a lot of it comes to light that they say that it's because, you know, people speculate it's because of the Sony acquisition. Sony had nothing to do with it. This is a bungee move, 100%. Yeah. So you got acquired for probably a large amount of money, made these massive projections that you couldn't follow through with. You talk about Marathon being your next big hit game, and then you take a lot of the staff from Destiny to go work on Marathon, and then you leave Destiny kind of high and dry. What did you expect people were going to do? They started bouncing off your game because you didn't have content for people to enjoy. And I will be honest, being a Bungie, like, you know, being a Destiny player, they were starting to get back to form. They were starting to talk about things. They were starting to try to fix what they had did in the game. They're trying to make it better for their players. And, and, you know, Lightfall, maybe not the best expansion they've done, you know, in, in recent memory, but like they were having conversations. They were talking to the community. They were trying to get things back on track. But because the boneheaded moves of the higher ups made them lose on projected what they were going to make, you know, at the end of the year. They just said, well, we fucked up, so let's cut these jobs. It's just, it's, you need to have more fiscal responsibility if you're a higher up in these positions. Mm -hmm. And you need to be like thinking about your communities and your staff because your staff is a part of your community. If you want to do right by your community, do right by your staff. 
And, you know, and it sucks because I do want to play Destiny because it's a game I've played since 20, I don't know, 2014, 2013. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I don't want to play it because I feel like I'm supporting something wrong. And, uh, you know, it, it, as far as, like, the the consumer aspect of it, like, just us looking in and but but, but i mean but we ourselves like do we not feel slimy and dirty when we support things and it sucks because that that is a like and and we should be making that stance like we should be saying i'm not going to support you if you're going to do these things to your staff and these people it's one of those things where really like in terms of making sure that you are ethically funding like endeavors and ventures within something Mm -hmm. that you care about like it goes back into the uh hogwarts legacy game um that Mm, that's a good point yeah you know there there are devs there that i'm sure we're just trying to do what they can given the situation to make a game that people would like to play not being like shrouded in all the controversy of the person that you know that yeah, just had to be yeah. a fucking dickhead, yeah. and right, like, right. Comp- it's it's a very tricky, it's it's a very tricky detail. And again, making some of those decisions can impact them, and may have impacted them to some extent. That we need because I I haven't really I, I I've done nothing to stay yeah. on top of or otherwise follow, uh, whatever the reported earnings for like how many units that game moved or sold. I mean. But you're right. I mean, you got people there just trying to make a game, and they're catching strays left and right. You know, it, it, it is a very good point. Like, and that's the thing too. Like, it feels like these, you know, companies that are laying off these people. They're just, you know, they're just there for the enemy fire. Like, they are, you know, they're there to protect the higher ups. You know, like they're they're expendable. Oh yeah, it, it, you know. But at some point, when you have made like a a workspace so volatile in both mm-hmm. just overall work culture, work health, sustainability, like and, and especially with inflation in the economy uh, operating at like the accelerated pace that it is, to the point where like, dude, like it, people at some point can only do so so much to fund what they love with their day job. Like it, they are just people and it it like it's just a gross level of exploitation mm-hmm. uh i i kind of like think back at the um the unionization efforts that were originally done with activision blizzard especially when a lot of the labor uh violations were brought to light yeah. over the uh overall corporate culture uh that went on uh prior in that exposé uh, kind of just essentially really shined a light. And then Kodak, of course, was just trying to get his fucking pound of flesh and then bounce. And he still got to the piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, like, that a part of that acquisition effort from Microsoft, now that it's done and over with, like, to where it was made, like, such a fucking thing with the uh, FTC and kind of thinking, like, okay, like, here you're you're clutching at like one of the biggest uh the biggest studios and publishers like Activision you know we were talking about Atari dates back is that 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 far like it is a household fucking name and brand um 
And at this point, now that that's rolled into your fold, like, is, is there going to be provisions or, or otherwise any sort of upgrades to uh, the grievances that they had prior? And and I find it funny that while I mean the dust is only what settled for a little over. 30 days, 40 days, it's only been like a month, mm-hmm. hasn't really been a whole lot of uh, rumblings, hasn't really been... I mean, uh, friend of the show and at at some point, uh, writer, uh, Alyssa, their partner, uh, Robbie, does QA. Uh, they did QA for harmonics, and then at that point, Blizzard, and then they just woke up one day and they're like, oh, I'm I'm a Microsoft employee now. And you know, any any sort of uh, outsider's view looking in is done entirely through his filter and his, pers- or excuse me, their perspective. Um, but so far, uh, I, I will say that that acquisition really kind of, uh, uh, really kind of threw a wrench in some of the unionization efforts that were done, like by like proletariat, for example, um, and that. Uh, it, that was done like earlier in the year, like start of 2023 to where they withdrew their petition, uh, from the CWA. Um, and then even then, uh, Raven, Raven software is another development studio under the Activision umbrella. Uh, they worked on call of duty Warzone, And, uh, I remember there was a QA worker walkout just from the fact that like fucking their layoffs and shit, uh, were unjust and as Activision started running that hammer down, uh, it did essentially help spearhead um, a new union movement called Game Workers Alliance. And they were able to win a vote in being representative as a part of that union. So, like, it, it, it is happening. But at some point, as they're... Like, and this is across all industries. This is not exclusive to the games industry. No, no. Um, like, at some point especially with how volatile and vulnerable um like just the stability and overall job security is in gaining uh at what point can unionization really start picking up speed without management kind of just reigning like any any sort of repercussions like just i they they're not exactly setting like a, a, a like a welcoming precedent to the idea like it's it hasn't and you know, platforms like fucking Keeley's Game Awards, like something that would be mm-hmm. an incredible stage to kind of just bring this topic to light, will instead possibly just be used to reinforce the bullshit marketing and spectacle that we've already come to criticize out of the event, or you know, just him giving more fellage to Hideo Kojima. We don't know. So, I mean, I feel like something like that, like that, is a event to celebrate games. I don't really feel like celebrating. I feel like lamenting a lot of the things that have happened. I don't necessarily feel like this is, and you're right. They could take that as a stage to like fight for a lot of things, but he, he won't do it. It's career suicide. That's the thing. It, 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 I feel like at any point, even advocating uh, just current geopolitical topics aside that have also unfortunately reared their um, supporting or otherwise vocalizing things as like obvious as, uh, advocacy for human rights and uh, a, a fucking condemn- a condemnation of a genocide. Uh, mm. Just even making mm. that 
uh, outspoken or heard is already affecting potential career prospects. Like the, the moment you speak the word union, whatever potential protection you think you may have had or value you may have within the industry, uh, it, it will, it, it might even follow you like a scarlet letter. Right. Like it's, we've, we've seen it happen. Um, just recently, like the working conditions that were, uh, done in a very thorough and I dude, like it is still, and I don't believe it was 2023. Um, I, I'm going to go and check right now, but do you recall the expose from the, uh, composer of doom? Oh yeah. Um, uh, Gordon, right? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah, and like just again, some of the com- just the outlandishly like far-fetched expectations uh Mick Gordon. Yeah. Yes, and yeah, that did come out this year. I wow. think I think that came out and like and Oh no, no, of, it was last it, year. It was last you year. You would you would think of the Doom games that have come out in the last few years. What's like one of the biggest like like selling points of those games like what's like one of the biggest things about that game it's the damn soundtrack like how pivotal is he for those games and yet this is how you're treated it's it's crazy man everyone's expendable nothing is like valued like they say it is or they want you to believe it is and this is not for all game developers and all game companies but a few like far too many of them are starting to show their true colors I oh, yeah, absolutely and, and it is it is very uh depressing and it's very disappointing. Extremely disappointing. And like say what you will about like some I, I of the know. decisions that Nintendo has made. Right. But like you know, seeing just like gone are the days of where like where Nintendo had fallen behind its projections, where it had um not obtained some of the uh, goals that it set for itself. The immediate response was not to excise its precious workforce. Mm-hmm. Like the higher ups just simply took a fucking cut. A cut. Yep. Like, heaven forbid, someone does that now in in the current landscape. I just, I I've never seen like it is. <sighs> It's it's just biting your own nose to spite your face. Yeah. Like, I I just don't understand, like, the complete lack of awareness over the, like, the grand scheme of it. Just Mm -hmm. because at some point, I I don't know. Go on. Do do you think that, like, this is just another tech bubble that's bursting? Did it get too saturated, like, the tech, you know, the, the Silicon Valley of, like, the early 2000s? Like, is it just another bubble that's popped now and this is just kind of the fallout of it? I think so, because there was a big there was a big revolution in that regard that that does ring true to that. Mm-hmm. And that would be just mobile and digital gaming. The moment mm-hmm. that mobile like games have reached a uh, penetration of selling and making near, if not more than AAA releases and the fact that it also became a space that was soon uh that soon invited other major players like where it was mostly like the C tier if anything from or like the licensed stuff from some of the major development and publishing studios 
like your Capcom, your Sega, your Activision, your Electronic Arts, like they all soon came to follow. And even then, like just this year alone, speaking of acquisitions, uh, Sega fucking, I I still find it really weird, given with Sega and the fact that like Sega currently has Atlas, and mm-hmm. it's like not a like one of the hottest times to acquire Atlas. Uh, or, or just have them in your fold. Um, but they also recently acquired fucking Rovio, uh, the studio behind Angry Birds. Wow. I kind of just thought Activision owned them at this point. I felt like they owned all mobile gaming. <laughs> no. They, oh, they, wow. they huh. bought Rovio for $775 million. Yup. Damn. And I'm because like thinking. arcades and are like, oh, we can buy this now. And I'm just like, how... Bro, like, but they did that this year, in the year 2023. I can't even think of, not the year, excuse me, not the year that, like, the Angry Birds, like, I think that's, like, the most relevant Angry Birds has been, is the movie. <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, Unless there's something we don't know. Like, maybe there's a market out there still that we're just not aware of. I don't know. I Dude, like, it, but just between that, um, Atari... Uh, is now acquired Digital Eclipse. Mm. So the making of Karateka, which is also like, god damn, and like that that's gonna be another topic for another episode. Uh just we were talking about wild documentaries. That's the other wild documentary, except uh, it okay. is it is a documentary game. It is a Ah, interesting. Yeah, like it's more documentary than game, but like it, during certain chapters where gameplay is discussed or featured, uh, you're engaging, you're interacting with mm. making it go. Yeah, it, like it is cool. It, I, I have words to say, but yeah, just their you know work behind that. Between that and Atari Fifty, like Wade fucking pulled the trigger. He was just like, nope, like that that and like it. It's just weird seeing Atari making the big moves that it's making, but it goes to show that um, they're. Well, I don't know. Who knows? We could wake up tomorrow morning and learn otherwise. But fucking, they're uh, far more solvent than uh, previously expected between like the new hardware uh, and a lot of the new releases that they're they're shepherding. Um, I I think what I kind of want to like look at is with us closing out 2023 and unfortunately mm-hmm. the year is still young enough to where we can see more heartbreak within right. like the, the holiday season. Um, a lot of the blockbuster games that we were kind of anticipating. Cause like it's dude, it's fucking November. Like this, this month has flown by um, super Mario RPG, the remake uh, Alan wake Two. Uh, I, I believe the newest call of duty is out. Um, right. Any any others that I'm missing that are still on the horizon? No, I think that's most of it for this year, honestly. Yeah, between that and yeah. then Wonder, uh, you know, Sonic Superstars. Um, of the current Spider- releases, Spider-Man 2. Yeah, yeah, Spider-Man 2. For sure. Um, and, and, I mean, Spider-Man 2, like Insomniac's already made uh, some recent waves there. Uh, and then... Sony already felt com- like confident enough to just promote and uh, market the Slim, which, mm-hmm. oh man, uh, you want to talk about it before and after? That's just like we hmm. really got to squint. 
Yeah, we gotta, like like where? <laughs> um, where? Where do you see at at some point like? As of like, as somebody who cares about the the overall fate uh, of the industry and like the prosperity of that, to where it can still be the sustainable thing, something that, as you mentioned, uh, do you foresee a crash? Yes, unfortunately, not to the point where it will disrupt or otherwise um, kill video games as a whole, but it will absolutely. Um, I think it will affect third party more than anything else. Mm. And I, I don't know. I, and, and not only that, I, if it's, if you're asking whether or not it's going to be this all at once thing, no, this is absolutely going to be a doomsday clock sort of thing. And I believe the hands are moving closer to the midnight just by virtue of the fact like 600,000 layoffs in a mm. record profit year. Right. Like what, what do you recommend as a consumer in how we can best ethically spend our funds? Like what, like there are some developers depending on like the, how small you really shop. Like I, there's no way unless you like take notes and you really get creepy on the internet, uh, take notes during the credit scenes and being like, I'm going to send this person like a Kofi, want to paypal this person i mean that's right. not viable that's not no, realistic no. and 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 i think that at the end of the day i don't necessarily want to tell someone they're not allowed to consume buy games buy content because the 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 higher ups are shitty shady individuals that just want money i think that we're in a day and age where we need kind of everything we can get when it comes to like having some kind of like normalcy Mm-hmm. And having something to look forward to, something to embrace, something to get excited about. I don't want to take that away from people. What I do think we can do as consumers is uh, a couple things. I, I think that obviously support these uh, the people that are affected and the people that are still in the industry. Support their right to unionize. You know, uh, mm-hmm. make that a focal point. And and I think that it's just like how we got tired of saying thoughts and prayers for oh, yeah. so many years now. Like it does no good. It doesn't do anything. So if you can support, try to support in the ways that you can, whether it's monetarily, if it's, you know, vocally, if it's uh, just signal boosting, you know, I would just say do all these things to try to help in whatever way you can, if you're mm-hmm. able to. Mm-hmm. I, don't ex- I don't expect you to, you know, throw to every kind of, you know, uh, you know, fundraising efforts that you can, but. It, it, it sucks because it, that's what we, I just said earlier about the Bungie thing. I feel shady that I want to play Destiny. But I also know that there are people that are still working there that are still, like, happy to be there. And I think that, unfortunately, because of the way the industry is right now, mm-hmm. layoffs and, and all this stuff is going to just be a natural thing. But it obviously doesn't make it any easier. And, and it sucks that it happens to people that obviously don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I would just say just be mindful of the people that are going through it. I, I hate seeing that people that got laid off from Bungie have the trolls out attacking them just because they don't like Bungie. Like that kind of stuff sucks. I, I wish don't it did do that. ever had. Yeah. Well, obviously don't do that, but I wish it never had to happen in the first place. We, we, we just, we've unfortunately created a cesspool with having this accessibility of the internet and having this uh, sounding board that we can use whenever we feel like. So I don't know, touch grass, go help someone in need. And yeah, maybe that's all we can do for now. <laughs> uh, Well, signal boost, signal yeah. boost. Like, sure. 
in at any point that like especially if you're within the industry in any capacity whether you're a freelance writer you're you're yeah. a content creator you absolutely you're a streamer for crying out loud like anything and everything like look out for one another because again mm-hmm. a big part of like I, I would say the industry at large i mean it you know a rising tide a, a rising tide lifts all ships like it's not it's not like rocket science to the point where at, at any time that like you see an opportunity to engage or otherwise uh you know donate or work towards like whether it be like what we saw with aftermath as we discussed earlier in the show and what might be something that you can support just from uh an enthusiast journalist perspective or content creator's perspective as far as a dev like follow them signal boost their work uh if you can like leave a user review do it but do so from uh, like do so from a perspective that is actually not necessarily it's really difficult to kind of highlight the individual efforts of like the team i mean you can acknowledge it and do so but while again a review should be geared towards like the actual software in and of itself like acknowledge the people behind it like i think what's made and and this is a just a unfortunate like hive mindset that it extends beyond again video games just any any particular uh industry or culture um really just adopt the idea that the things that you love and enjoy took a person to create that they were made they were created by someone uh the characters that you enjoy in whatever pop culture uh, medium you love whether it be film comic books cartoons programs they had writers they had writers they had actors they had like and even then they had the in-between they had the glue uh so to speak that held that stuff together like the inter intertwining network of individuals that regardless of like how small of a role you believe they had like their involvement is what helped you get the opportunity to consume said piece of media. So when you are reviewing or otherwise, when you are critiquing, when you're signal boosting, when you're discussing just games or content of any kind, talk about the people who made them and like, make sure that like, you know, learn about it. Do so just for your benefit. And who knows, like maybe again, it can get, it can lend an entirely new appreciation. He doesn't necessarily need to stop at like the main big head, big wig heads like Neil Druckmann or Tim Sweeney or fucking uh, John Carmack or like I can go on like uh, Will Spencer, like all of the various names. And then, you know, I, I, I think there is another piece that um, I'm not necessarily qualified to speak intelligently or from a qualified position. However, I think I can safely uh, just signal boost it and like that. That's what I should do in my part. Um, But to really, really help the industry like thrive and, and, and just progress 
as a uh, career and as an overall medium, like be more inclusive to women, to people of color, to uh, or or any other walks of life, to the LGBTQ community, like to like really just expand that palette. And there was an excellent piece done by Alyssa Mercante uh, just as recently as last week. Uh, just like challenging you, please name a woman. And I'll be honest there. There's definitely some challenges that I, I fa- like, you know, immediately Rebecca Heineman uh, comes to mind and forgive me. Um, Ghostwire Tokyo, and I can't even remember her name. Uh, uh, Nakami, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I believe. I think so. Yeah, yeah, dude. Like, there, there, there is definitely like some labor of effort that you can take there. That I, I promise you will, um, <coughs> excuse me, absolutely uh, be of benefit to. Yeah. I don't know. I, and also, I mean, in doing so does probably take you and a lot of people out of their comfort zones. Uh, same with enjoying and embracing stories that are being told from different perspectives, you know, uh, like LGBTQT stories and, and things like this that are being, you know, these narratives are being told in games, in books, in movies. Like those are things that, you know, same with uh, embracing those creators who present those and provide those. Mm-hmm. Embracing those stories is also a big part of giving them the exposure they need, you know, don't, don't be afraid to, you know, look into these things. And I I know, you know, for a lot of people, it might be, you know, something that's hard to embrace initially, but I think we're all better for it when we do. Yeah, exactly. Like I still think about like PC gamer, just uh, doing the 30 year celebration feature uh, for their magazine in not, not a single, not a single woman. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, real food for thought. Definitely recommend that piece. It, it was very uh, eye-opening, and again, just do your part to be inclusive in Signal Boost and recognize people and recognize the importance of their contributions. And again, I'm not saying go find their email address and send them, like, PayPal them or Venmo them. I mean, it, unless they put it out there and you feel, like, so inclined, fuck it. Like, you yeah. you have that. But um, what I'm saying is uh, if, if there's an opportunity for you to do a little bit more positively, I think that's the best thing we can do from a consumer standpoint and just stay educated and vote with your dollar. If you don't want to play destiny and you don't feel by all means, I like do what you can in an effort to like voice dissatisfaction over what Bungie did in that regard fucking right. and then how epic is being managed and what it's doing and that's greatly effect- like I really found myself with me upgrading and updating my PC uh, really found myself kind of just exploring the epic web store and just kind of seeing like opportunities uh, to use their platform instead of Steam and now I'm just like ah, you know we're not all, so much we're all, we're all- Let's all just be on itch.io unless they did something wrong. Did they do something wrong lately? No. Okay, okay. We're good for now then. But hey, we're dude, watching you. But we're watching you. I, I'm I'm all about itch.io. Like okay. as far as just for again, the the stuff that like Steam I mean, has trouble letting in. Yeah, itch.io is doing like fundraising stuff for people. Like I you know, they're doing all right so far. They're, maybe that's where we should be going from now on. Or yeah, or humble. Fucking yeah. like they they're their options. By the way, uh, just educate yourself and 
and if you're if you're a, a step in, if you, it, you know, if you're you're kicked in and you're in like in that inception role of like finding yourself kind of feeling lost in the industry, uh, do what you can and support your colleagues, and and I promise, like it, it'll come around. Um, but yeah, I I think that's pretty much it for this topic that we can really. Like I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I think so too. It, it's just, it's, it's a sad thing to have to talk about, but we're just that's that's where we're at now. You know, it's it's unfortunate, becoming too much of an occurrence now. <sighs> Unfortunately, uh, mm-hmm. but hopefully, I don't know. Here, here's to finishing strong, and then we can we can move on to the golden zonkeys. Um, mm-hmm. and and there's there's plenty to talk about for the golden zonkeys i i am a lot a lot i still have to catch up on too yeah yeah all right episode end it is there we are so if you enjoyed listening to press pause radio episode 149 uh by all means um give us a looky-loo on our website at www.presspauseradio.com where in addition to our podcasts, you can also find our Quarter Circle Ford reviews, where we review both software and hardware. Uh, you can check out our YouTube at www.youtube.com forward slash the PPR broadcast. Our Twitch, where we are starting to get in the habit of doing some more Twitch streams. Right now, I am doing uh, Harfest. Uh, first week, I did uh, stream Super Mario Wonder as well as Sonic Superstars. Uh, just recently, I streamed fucking Umihari Kawase for the Super Famicom and a stall for the Sega Saturn. Uh, goddamn Umihari Kawase. Uh, that used to be like a real stupid once upon a time when George thought he could be uh, a, a speedrunner. Uh, the kitsch. Nice. Oh, dude. <laughs> it, was, it was a reality check. Um, I, I got past the dreaded seahorse level once in a mm-hmm. span of like an hour and 20. So, uh, but for all those who watched, uh, appreciate it. Uh, gonna start streaming more. And again, by all, by all means, uh, if you have some suggestions for streaming, because I've got some fucking stupid shit I would love to stream. Uh, some fun shit I would love to stream. Some hacks. Some, um, I think I kind of really, um, what I'd love to do is stream a lot of the translation patches that uh have came out uh over recent years um like bulk slash for the sega saturn or uh Yonakuso, uh my summer vacation um which uh that just got released for playstation 2 uh <coughs> excuse me i'm trying to see if i can get that running um and then yeah, renny hero renny hero the uh uh, for the Dreamcast, which was supposed to get a uh, Xbox port that got canned, but the Renihiro title still released in Japan, and unfortunately never got a localized um, release. Uh, that's available. Uh, fucking, I don't know, and and like just some other fun shit. The Atomus Wave games. Um, uh, I believe uh, Doshin the Giant uh, for GameCube. We can get that going, like. Super like there's so much now I would I would love to do and then of course of course a lot of newer stuff like I would I I don't know about like a dragon Gaiden 
Um, but I would like to do Yakuza like a dragon and kind of see if I can challenge Millennium Tower for a stream. I thought about doing that because that is the literally the only thing I have not done in that game. I've, I've oh. fucking gotten every other goddamn trophy. Nice, uh, nice. So, uh, you know, just some stuff. Uh, as far as reviews, um, Bomb Rush Cyberfunk uh, came out. I, I will have a review on Air Twister uh, as well as Super Mario Wonder, uh, Sonic Superstar, uh, Lies of P, which, Jesus, that that is the... In my humble opinion, the most slept-on Games Pass game right now. Wow. Okay. It, it is. I I will say this. Um, that is the Souls game made for Andrew. We'll see. I tried playing some of the demo when it first came out, and it didn't really catch me. So I, I don't know. Maybe I'll give it another shot, though. Give it another shot because I okay. think it's. Uh, I think the difficulty is reasonably geared, uh, okay. and that it gives you. A load of opportunity to, to kind of grow and, and flourish in a way that doesn't feel like you're just mashing your head against a wall. Like, and even then, sure, like it's it's not gonna have like the Elden Ring accessibility of just like fuck this, I can go do something else. It is very much still linear, but I I think it's paced and done really well, and it has a really really interesting premise. Um, I I again total slept on game i i did had no expectations for this game and Hmm. uh i I cannot recommend it enough um but yeah the there's gonna be reviews of that Uh, i have some features as well uh that i'm currently ironing out for uh late to the party uh kind of want to do the delicious last course because uh, it's been something that like has been very difficult to kind of cover and write my feelings on um but that Again, as talking about like accessibility of the games industry, that development studio, despite the financial backing of Microsoft and even then some of the like will it or won't it work, uh, to the point where the studio, uh, made up of two brothers, they took out two goddamn mortgages mm. to again put in the remaining uh, funding and backing. We are now at a point Cuphead has a, a wide merchandising deal. It's successful across all platforms with physical copies. Uh, a soundtrack that is forever celebrated. A fucking Netflix cartoon show adaption. Like, it is sitting pretty. But, like, the gamble. You know what I mean? Like, not not necessarily to say that every game should deserve to, like, you know, receive such accolades, but, like, I don't know. Uh, again, uh, something to kind of hang your hat on, kind of kind of think yeah. about, mull about. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, loads of content still coming to the site. Uh, Ed is working on some new Bullet Heaven. Uh, he just recently uh, did a few arcade archive releases that you guys should definitely check out when you have the opportunity. Uh, Sean's also got some uh, features uh, in the pipeline and Again, we're going to try to workshop some more content, especially now that we can do a lot more video stuff uh, uh, to see what we can bring to you guys. And uh, also need to kind of uh, expand and look at what we can do with the Discord and, and kind of invite you guys all more in it because uh, I'm ready to shut down this stupid forum that we've never used. Yeah, forum's been out of commission for a bit, just kind of stays there. 
Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. Discord would be a nice uh, opportunity for people to jump in if they feel the need to. Well, um, that said, uh, yeah. this is Georgie Boy's axe, and Robo don't get no Oreo. But if Peter wants an Oreo, Peter can have an Oreo. And this is Toast. Uh, play the Bluey game at your own risk. And also, again, go to your library. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.